The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joints with Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. I'm J.P. Plant. And for Chris Yao, for this particular position today, as um, we've uh, got some great news, uh, Chris, Sarah, welcome to the world. Little Charlie, yesterday, uh, doing healthy, the mama's doing healthy, so... Um, Huge congratulations. Awfully happy to uh, spread that word. And um, I know they're uh, excited for their new life because, as you talked about in the first hour, Mo, life's changed forever for sure. So there was um, uh, there was Wednesday and Thursday, and now there's – Friday and the rest of of their life, <laughs> yeah, different. It, it's it's different. It's different, man. Um, and I don't say that in a bad way. No, but it, yeah. it's it, it's different. Uh, you don't just get up and walk out of the house anymore. You no, know? it's not yep. like I need to run to the store real quick and you grab your keys and you go. It 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 ain't that simple. So, uh, yep. It, now the the real question is, uh, what will little Charlie call you and Jody? Well, that's that's good. That's it. We're going to have to set um, set a line somewhere and uh, maybe have a little friendly wager. We're, we're, we're working on that. We're figuring that out. But I mean, um, <laughs> I, I think as we determined yesterday, she's going to determine that. Uh-huh, yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Yep. But I'm looking forward to seeing her here soon, whenever circumstances yep. allow absolutely <laughs> we'll go from there yep and uh we we might have uh chris back with us from home next week perhaps at some point depending on how things go and if we have chris from home next week then we may have charlie that's from right. home next week as well that's, that's right typically the way that works especially early on but um looking forward to it yep absolutely all right uh, coming up uh around ten twenty today uh we'll be joined by miss Teresa walker sports editor of the associated press for the entire state of tennessee and uh covers the titans uh as chris uh so enthusiastically um uh presented her one day yeah i don't think we'll be able to no, recreate that i'm not even going to try that yeah i hope she's not too disappointed yeah, no but she covers a lot of things and therefore we got a lot of things to get into plenty I of times i got a lot of questions yeah, yeah mo's got questions i mo got questions, got questions. I, I do i do <laughs> but i know who to ask and so. Teresa should have answers to many of those questions so we look forward to that a little nascar conversation in our final segment today around 10 45 the chicken man terry wilcox will join us as he uh, is now on Fridays, uh, looking ahead to the weekend in the world of NASCAR. And uh, they uh, believe going to Miami, but uh, 
opened up the season. You know, this is a this is an interesting schedule in NASCAR. Uh, Mo, they made some big changes. Uh, they've uh, added uh, several road courses, including the one at Daytona, put it on the big circuit. Uh, Nashville Super Speedway, the Ally Four Hundred, uh, which will be uh, coming up in the spring, I believe. Looking forward to that, and dirt at Bristol. So it's a fun NASCAR season, and uh, Terry will be here throughout the entire season to tell us all about it. Uh, we'll be joined by him around ten forty-five. But first, um, as uh, baseball spring is starting to bloom a bit, uh, news yesterday, uh, today actually came out this morning that uh, the Atlanta Braves have extended the contract of manager Brian Snitker. Uh, I I don't know. You're obviously more plugged in than I am. I, I don't think this is a surprise uh, extending the contract through 2023. But uh, he's been um, he's been pretty good for the Braves. He say he has been pretty good for the Braves, <laughs> and and I think that there were some that wondered if he would be pretty good for the Braves, and I think that's why he's just now getting extended through 2023. The Braves have kind of you know they've relatively had him on a short leash and and um all he's done is win i mean and whenever he hasn't won i'm not sure that it's necessarily been his fault hint hint alex anthopolis <laughs> speaking get, get of, him some folks yeah speaking of uh anthopolis uh general manager he uh quoted uh today that uh, i'm thrilled that brian will continue to lead our club on the field and in the clubhouse, uh, three consecutive division titles speak to the impact of Bryant and his staff, and we are pleased that he will continue to guide our club through 2023. That makes perfectly good sense. Uh, I think a more intriguing move than Snit getting extended through 23 was um, the addition earlier this week, and we didn't really talk a whole lot about it, but um, Jake Lamb, the veteran third baseman slash corner infielder um, was signed, um, comes to camp as a non-roster invitee, I believe. And and it's interesting because third base is getting a little crowded. Yeah, you only put one out there at a time. Well, you only put one out there at a time. And, and I think for pretty much the bulk of the offseason, it was thought that that one – if Marcel Ozuna was re-signed to play left field, it was thought that that one would be Austin Riley. But, you know, you've also got Johan Camargo, who, you know, has at times shown an ability to be your starting third baseman. And now you've got Jake Lamb as well, who, when he's been healthy, has been pretty impactful in whatever lineup he's been in, be it Arizona or Oakland. And so, you know, nothing's given to you, particularly with no more games under your belt than Austin Riley has. And so, you know, they've they've taken some steps to kind of, you know, protect themselves at that position. Now, again, Riley has shown, I think, incremental improvement throughout his major league career. But at the same time, that it's it there have been it's not been a straight line by any means, and so uh, I think in the event that he doesn't get off to a great start, 
you've got some options there with with Jake Lamb. You know, I don't think Pablo Sandoval is realistically a candidate to be your starting third baseman, but he's some insurance on the corners as well. But but you've got you've got options. You've got Camargo. You've got Lamb. You've got Sandoval. You know, they are not treating Riley like a like a ten year veteran by any stretch of the imagination, and nor should they. So it's I I just think that's gonna be an interesting development to keep an eye on because when you look at that offensive lineup, that may be the only question mark that you have. When when you look around the rest of the infield, um you know, Albies and, and Swanson are pretty well locked in at second mm-hmm. and short. Obviously, you've got the MVP coming back at first base. He's not going anywhere. No. Um, I guess the only other thing is whether, and this shouldn't be a question, but whether Christian Pache is your center fielder or not. Um, because, again, you've signed Ozuna. You don't have a DH, so he's going to be your left fielder, obviously, Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to be your right fielder. Ender Enciarte has done some really good things as a member of the Atlanta Braves. If I don't see him in a Braves uniform again, I'll be fine with that. <laughs> you'll you'll get plenty of sleep. I will. I will. <laughs> well, it sounds like you know they're uh, instilling some competition all across the board for the most part. They say we, competition is good. Exactly. That, that That's my point. And, and, and I like that. They're bringing in folks to, um, to raise the bar and to keep that competition and that mild anxiety, that edge. I like that mild yeah. anxiety, mild anxiety. Yeah. That's, I think that's a great description. And I think, you know, from an athletic standpoint, from a lot of standpoints, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Like, like you said, just enough to to keep you on edge, enough to keep you sharp, enough to keep you focused and and looking to progress. So, yeah, that's good stuff. Mild anxiety, I like it. Yeah, I may, I may use that again. Good, good stuff. I like it. <laughs> I, I like the way you and Chris are, are you know dropping knowledge uh, I, I still can't re- recreate the one chris dropped about coaching and players from earlier this week before he left us but um <laughs> yeah. he was able to repeat it on on he point on, now, on, on demand even now yeah. the question can he do it again when he gets back a few days later yeah um, yeah because obviously we we don't have a clue we'll be testing you on yep. this one chris that's right just in uh, case you're listening with with the way that the postseason played out last year meaning it was so different the process scheduling was a little different the typical rollover from the end of one season to the beginning of the next has to feel different so the way the Braves ended their postseason do you think that helps or hurts the fact that this is a completely different offseason than what we've seen in the past I think it helps because I think they take some confidence out of it even though you know, they lost to the Dodgers. They did lose to the eventual World, Se- World Series champions. Um, and I think they know how close they were to winning the NLCS. I mean, you're up 3-1. What, 2 to nothing and 3-1 to yeah, one uh-huh. and, and can't close it out. But I think they also realize that that's a young bunch for the most part, that their pitching, their pitching staff was kind of put together with – 
bubble gum and chicken wire <laughs> most of last year. And, you know, when, when you get Soroka back from that Achilles and you've got Max Freed and you've got the guys that they signed over the off season and you've got a young Ian Anderson and <laughs> you've got a Bryce Wilson who pitched his fanny off in the postseason and, and again, you've got options and none of them are really bad. It's just a matter of which ones you feel like are the best. And so uh, I think this Braves team has got a lot to look forward to. And I think folks on a national level are finally starting to, to come around to that. And we're going back to a regular schedule, regular postseason of what we've had um, prior to last year. That was a one-off due to the pandemic. We're going back to regular um regular ideology of how they play a season right yeah as far as i know um the plan is to play 162 they're opening i think april 6th um playing six games in philadelphia and washington for whatever <laughs> reason before they get back to atlanta for their home opener and we'll see the cherry blossoms maybe yeah okay. didn't, didn't that happen about that time sure <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm stretching there. I'm, yeah. I'm reaching for something. I think we should actually have some spring training baseball on our sister station this weekend. Is that right? I, I believe so. Uh, yeah, Braves baseball, you can hear all season long on WKRM 103.7 uh, in uh, the Columbia, Murray County area. So uh, we are excited to add them to our um, broadening uh, lineup of sports properties and teams uh, from Front Porch Sports, um, and uh, excited to have the Braves. There's nothing like uh, a summer evening and Braves baseball on the radio, sitting on your back deck with the grill, something cold in your hand. I mean, does it get any better than that? <laughs> no, it does not. Um, you know, you're 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 speaking to me right there. So. We look forward uh, to uh, to hearing that. So, uh, again, um, Brian Sinker, was, uh, his contract was extended through 2023, and uh, so he'll uh, be in the Braves' dugout at least through that, uh, barring any um, undue circumstances. By the way, his overall record, uh, Mo 353 and 317, which uh, puts him as the fourth winningest manager uh, since the franchise relocated to Atlanta uh, in 66, obviously trailing Bobby Cox, um, and it's going to take a long time, mm-hmm. and that may never be surpassed. Now, is that fourth winning is by total wins, or is that by winning percentage? Um, by total uh, wins, I believe. I believe it's wins. It's number of wins based on this uh, ranking. Bobby Cox, 2,058 wins. That's a lot. Uh, Freddie Gonzalez is second. A lot of people would not know that Uh, or would not believe that if you told them. Yep. 432. So there's a (laughs) 1,600-win discrepancy between one and two. Well, one one managed significantly Mm -hmm. longer than the other. (laughs) Um, Lum Harris is third. Oh, wow. That's going way back. Yeah. 379 and then uh and then you're with snicker at 353 so okay so so by the end of june 
if not sooner. He could move into third. First of June, yep. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. And has and has a very realistic chance to become the second all-time winningest manager in before Atlanta. The end of the in season. Atlanta Braves mm-hmm. before the end of the season. Yeah, he could surpass Freddie Gonzalez. He's, uh, what, some 80 wins roughly behind Freddie Gonzalez, 70, 70 wins? 78. 70, yep. So um, that's real. That's realistic. Oh, th- that's not realistic. If he doesn't that's get expected. it, if he doesn't get it, he may never get that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because be that there. extension might get ripped up. Yeah. That's right. That is right. Okay, um, we want to take a break because we want to get into our next guest. Miss Teresa Walker will be joining us when we return. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joints. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Talking high school sports and beyond. Yep, this is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton. I'm J.P. Plants, and we move into the great beyond because we got a lot of topics to get into with our next guest, um, and we'll get right to it. Joining us on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline is the one and only Teresa Walker, uh, sports editor for the Associated Press of the State of Tennessee. Miss Teresa, welcome in. How you doing? I am doing okay. How are you both doing? We're doing well, thanks. And we, we apologize that we could not recreate the um, the Chris Yao introduction, but we, you know, you don't mess with perfection, so we just didn't try. Um, That's okay. It is a Friday, too. Yeah. Teresa? Yes. I got questions. Okay, I'll see if I have answers. All right. Um, I'll try to. There was, there was some news out of St. Thomas Sports Park yesterday regarding the Tennessee Titans um, roster, specifically their um, receiving core with the release of Adam Humphreys. And my question is, as pass-oriented as that offense has been the last couple of years, with Corey Davis in his walk year, why do you release Adam Humphreys? And my second question is, does the release of Adam Humphreys point to significant progress between the Titans and Corey Davis? I don't think it affects the Corey Davis situation at all, except that it does create some cap space. Okay, uh, here's the thing, uh, Adam Humphreys. I was just been I've just been waiting for them to release him. Uh, let's not forget he, they signed him to a four year deal, potentially worth thirty six million dollars. And from my rough math, it looks like he's gotten about nineteen of that. 
for about 19 games over two years. The guy's been dealing with injuries. Uh, you know, he played 12 games in 2019 out of 16, not counting, you know, the postseason, and then seven games this last season. Now, everybody who saw that game in Cincinnati saw the horrible hit that he took. I'm still ticked that it wasn't flagged because that was obviously defenseless receiver. I'm not sure what in the world that uh, official that was watching it on the spot didn't see. I mean, it was textbook. And so, you know, he, he was you know he was out for a while on that and he came back and played in the game and then they put him on IR a couple days after that and when we talked with Mike Vrabel after their loss to the Ravens he said that Adam Humphreys was still in the concussion protocol at that point you know so they waived him yesterday you know yes another team I don't think another team picks up that contract I think another team is going to want to check him out and make sure he's actually healthy before giving him a, a look at this point because as good as he is when he's healthy guys we just didn't see much of that in the last two years. So for me, this was a move that I've just been waiting for. Now, I am expecting the Titans to, have to make some other moves. And if you've been looking around the NFL, there's been some cuts already. Teams trying to create salary cap space. And as I look at spot rack today, you know, the Titans, that they've got them with about $5 million in cap space, which was up before the, from, you know, before the Humphreys move. They were listing them with about $2.3 million in cap space. So, you know, and, and they're being linked to some guy named J.J. Watt. They've got some, They and plus they've got so many moves to, I'd love to see them find a way to keep Corey Davis, but here's the challenge, guys. You've got so many teams that have just got tens of millions of dollars in cap space. I mean, you know, Johnny Smith is being linked to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, they've got, as I look at this, $82 million in cap space. The Jets have got 73. Even the Patriots now have 68 million. The Colts have 50 million in cap space. So, you know, the Titans are going to have to make some moves. And, you know, do they do they cut some guys themselves, uh, some guys with some big deals? I mean, you know, Malcolm Butler's a dude that maybe you think about that. But, you know, he tied for the lead in you know, on your team in interceptions last year. He was the one guy that pretty much played every game in the secondary last year at cornerback. So, uh, you know, I'm just curious to see what they do. The, the easiest move is probably redoing contracts with Taylor Lewan, Kevin Byard, you know, the old uh, money shuffle where you change uh, sal- base salaries into signing bonuses and create cap space that way. Steelers did it with Cam Hayward earlier this week. But, uh, you know, that's the challenge is they've got to find some space because, you know, you're probably going to lose Corey Davis, John Smith. Can you replace both of those guys in free agency or or the draft? That's the challenge, and they're going to have to make some tough, tough decisions because guess what? You've got to keep that offense humming, but you also, let's face it, you've got to fix that defense. (laughs) You know, when when you put it all that way, it it really kind of changes the perspective because, again – as as successful as they've been in the passing game, the thought of having to replace Corey Davis and John o. Smith is sobering. Sobering, scary. I mean, you know, that's the thing. Uh, it, it's not going to be an easy thing. And I'm just curious to see what John Robinson does. He's going to be earning his money this year. And plus, we've seen, you know, John Clayton, I know he kind of walked it back a little bit, but I I thought the Titans should absolutely be one of the teams that J.J. Watt is looking at. You know, what we hear he's looking for is a team that can compete, a team that's got pieces in place, 
Hello, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown on offense, on defense, Jeffrey Simmons, Kevin Byard. You know, it's not like J.J. Watt would be asked to do what he did last year in Houston where the pretty much the only help he really had was Zach Cunningham. So, uh, but they've got to create cap space, and that's going to be the challenge. This is where, you know, Vin Marino and those guys in that front office are going to be really earning their money because they're going to, that, you know, you can work some magic, but at a certain point you can only create so much money so uh, and I saw a little uh, I didn't I don't listen to some of the boys sorry but I did see a tweet a couple days ago where I don't know if it's Compton or Lewan, but you know somebody's certainly offering that Lewan will redo his deal to get JJ Watt here so I, I got a feeling they'll be getting in touch with him pretty quickly well it I think it probably be more likely that Will Compton was offering to redo Lewan's deal than it was that Lewan was offering to redo Lewan's deal but at any rate um you you still well, well Mo Mo, just remember, what you get when they redo a deal is you get your money up front instead of those paychecks during the season. So it's not a bad thing to redo your deal when you're just talking about you know some conversions and things like that. More money now is a good thing. <laughs> it reminds me of that, that commercial uh, about cash settlements and needing my cash now or whatever, you know. <laughs> um, uh, but but you, you did kind of obviously – pull the lid off of one of my questions if if not tennessee where for jj watt i guess well it's funny uh you know he's also been linked to the packers his home state buffalo bills because another team with quarterback hot team was you know number two seed in the afc but you know guess what is i look at those salary cap numbers and yes you can do nfl math and, and redo things but guess who's near the bottom uh, the Green Bay Packers right now they they ha- they are under they've got to create 5.7 million dollars in cap space just to get to even. Uh, the Bills aren't much better. Uh, Buffalo Bills are below the Titans. You know they've got like uh, 3.2 million dollars currently available. So uh, although over the cap has uh, Buffalo at uh, well below a million dollars below the cap. Uh, Four at this point, and they've got the Packers 11.4 million below there. So uh, that's the thing. I just don't see as much as he might want to play in Green Bay. You know, do that Lambo leap. You know, just them finding a way to make that work. Uh, even if if Aaron Rodgers redoes his deal, that's that's an awful lot of money to create. And then for the Bills. Boy, it's awful cold up there, even for a Wisconsin boy. So, you know, it, 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 I, I do think that the Bills and, that, and, and the Titans probably are the two, you know, two stronger candidates because of the, the quarterback offensive situation and just the ability to maybe find room to, to pay him. I just, Packers, it's a great story, but you know what? The money gets in the way of everything. I mean, just remember that next time you want to go buy a new car. You can't get everything you want. Uh, money gets in the way of everything. That. True, true, truer words have never been spoken. Um, before I get to my biggest question, I saw last night. Um, apparently, the Denver Broncos have released um, defensive tackle Jarrell Casey after one season. Any chance of a return? Did he burn bridges? Is there interest? Uh, considering some of the things we saw from Denver and how he seemed very upset that he was let go or you know traded by the Titans for a seventh round pick, uh, that might be a tough bridge to walk back across. And you know he he played three games last year with Denver before the injury put him on IR. So uh, you know nine that was his tenth year in the NFL. Uh, I just sometimes 
Sometimes you can leave enough of a bridge left over. Maybe there is that case. That said, it would have to be for like the veterans minimum because, again, the Titans have plenty of other places they need to spend their money. Let's not forget, Daquan Jones is also hitting the free agency market if they don't get him back. So, uh, you know, would you rather have Daquan Jones, who had a very productive year last year, who's quietly been a guy that just keeps playing games for you, uh, as opposed to Jarrell Casey? It just feels like maybe. Jarrell's career is ticking off uh, at the end. Now, now watch. He, he might go sign with somebody else and, <laughs> and have a great year, but you know, it's just it's one of those things that it's been trending that way mm-hmm. and usually sticks around. Okay. So with you know the the saga that is Isaiah Wilson. Saw something last night about the Titans exploring trade opportunities. Who the heck's going to trade for Isaiah Wilson? Well, it's one of those things that you make the calls anyway because there's always one coach and one team that'll think that, you know what, we can get through this guy. You know, maybe they've got a former Georgia coach on their staff or, or you know, somebody that knows Wilson or played against him. And, you know, and, and just, just remember, every coach is convinced they can be the one to tap that potential. That said, it does seem a lot easier that, you know, it's like you, the road, talk about Burgess, Bridges being burned. I mean, you know, that, that tweet that quickly got deleted on Monday night is that, you know, his career is finished with the Titans. It's like uh, he just tweeted what everybody pretty much knew at that point. But, uh, you know, that you, 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 it, it's perfunctory. You, you check to see because otherwise you're going to have to take some of a hit. You, you, you can try and designate him as a post-June 1 cut to, to help with some of that, but here's where it could potentially get messy. Remember, the Titans did suspend him for a game in December, uh, and then and then you know put him on the NFI list uh, a few days after that. So uh, I think he he was suspended for the Cleveland game, and you know this is a guy that they so needed. You know Taylor Luan goes down to injury, Tyson Bradley goes down to injury. They they needed him this last year, and the, all the issues that he dealt with, you know it just you know so. I, if I'm another NFL team, I'd have to meet him, and 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 you know he ain't going to be getting big money. Come, you know he's going to have to get a prove it deal if anyone signs him. And at this point, with what he did, and, you know, it, but you'd make the calls, Mo. It's you know you you don't want to put it out on the curb and just let somebody else take it and you know and shine it up and get you know turn it into a wonderful found piece, you know. And you 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 just had it in your back deck until you kicked it out of the house. So all you, of you that, make the calls. All of that said though you make the calls you don't put it out on the curb but you're not bringing him back so so you're either going to trade him or you're going to put him out on the curb 31 other teams know that why am i going to trade for why am i going to trade for a guy that if that that is most likely going to be available and i don't have to give up anything for him if i just wait well, but here's the thing: you're waiting until June 1st because I, you know, again, for the money purposes, it, it helps them if they uh, cut him uh, or designate him as a June one cut. It means you don't get him into your system soon enough, okay? And you know, the signals are we're going to have another virtual off season uh, as it is. But you would want to get him into meetings and things like that. We saw how well that went for Jadavian Clowney signing with the Titans right before the season last year, right? It, you you want them into your system so you start integrating 
hitting them and, and you know kicking the tires. So in this case, yeah, if somebody who has say seven, eight, ten draft picks, they might say, you know what, we'll give you a, a conditional seventh or a seventh conditional sixth if if we get anything out of them. So you know, and draft picks you know can help you move up. And you know we've and we've seen John Robinson. I think he's got like twenty two trades since he took over as GM. You know he likes to move up to get guys. Uh, and so when you can get even an extra pick at this point for a guy you used a first rounder on, you try, you know, because somebody might decide, you know what, we want this guy, we'll take a flyer on him, and, and, and that allows you to beat the 30 other teams that might want to sign him to a cheap deal. So, you know, that's why you make the call. You, you, as much as you want, we all think that no one wants this guy, someone might. <laughs> We are speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Teresa Walker of the Associated Press. Um, Shifting gears, Teresa. Chris and I had decided that the Titans need, I'm I'm sorry, that the Nashville Predators needed to go 4-2 over this six-game stretch that they had with the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Detroit Red Wings. They are... Two and two to this point, which means that, you know, to our way of thinking, if they are going to be buyers at all at the trade deadline or running up to the trade deadline, they need to sweep Columbus here coming up. Where do you see this hockey team right now? Uh, sellers. I, I don't think that they're going to be buying at all because, it, you know, I know I've seen the interviews that David Poyle has done on. I've heard him on radio. Uh, I haven't read the Tennessean interview with him uh, and Paul Scarbina, but uh, just yet. But, uh, I mean, you can't split with Detroit if you're thinking of making a playoff run. And they've now done that twice. So it's like, you know... It, I see some signs, but I need to see more Ailey Tolvanen. I need to see some other stuff. And uh, as much as it's been nice to see them make the obvious decision and go back to Pekka, with them we see some goals last night that Pekka gave up that Pekka usually used to not give up. So, uh, you know, it, the best thing for this team is if Connor Ingram can get back and get on the ice for them at all this season. Uh, but their goalie depth and issues there are hurting, and as, as well as the, the lack of chemistry uh, on this team. You know, it, it, this team is a seller, and, and it's like it's, it's nice to think that you can hold on and cobble something together, that they're just a game away from getting this all worked out. But no, I, I, I'd love to believe it. I don't. I think they're going to be selling. And, guys, this, this ownership group has a very tough decision that they better be thinking about now hmm. is what to do once this offseason ends in May. And I think May 8th is the final day of the regular season for the Predators. I don't see them playing in the postseason. And, you know, because, again, one step, fo- fo- one step forward with a win, take two steps back when you lose to Detroit. You're, you're, they're trying to stay out of the bottom of the NHL right now. That's how bad it is. So uh, they need to be figuring out, uh, you know, David Poyle probably has a succession plan for himself. The, the ownership group needs to decide if they're on the same board or if it's time to finally, uh, you know, maybe bring in some new blood to this franchise and, and take it in a step that, well, let's face it, it hadn't been because David Poyle built this thing from the very beginning. And as I look at the current standings, the Predators are 26th, okay? Uh, that, you know, they're tied with Anaheim. And when you go to the division, this is where it hurts even more because, uh, sorry, I'm flipping as we talk. Uh, <laughs> where is it? 
See, I can't even find them now. Oh, they're there. They're seventh in the division, one point ahead of Detroit. Okay, and the worst thing is, you know, they've got they played nineteen games. Okay, uh, Dallas is ahead of them. Dallas has got four games in hand on them. Okay, when you look at the games in hand, etc., they're just, it's just you know they are nine points out of fourth in the Central Division, and they just don't have games in hand to help them climb that high. So they need a hot, hot winning streak, guys. And and I haven't seen this team capable of putting together that kind of a winning streak in more than a couple seasons. You you said a mouthful, and I, and I think the overarching issue to all of this is, is this David Paul's last year? It, it, as tough as it sound, it is to say, I, the, 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 my Magic Eight Ball is leaning toward definitely yes, because you know the winningest GM in NHL history. You know his history has been incredible, uh, and, and you know what he's done to build this franchise. Literally, I mean, this was the guy who put everything together. You know that led to Smashville as we know it. You know he's the guy who may put the pieces in place to get to a Stanley Cup final, uh, a President's Cup trophy. Uh, winning team and, and and that to me when they followed up getting to the Stanley Cup final the last team into the playoffs in 2017 then they followed up with the President's Cup yes that showed that they did have talent but you know what in trying to recapture the past and, the, and maybe that that magic chemistry that they had in those couple of seasons you know it, it's just been move after move after move lots of big contracts that have been handed out and right now you know they're, they're, they're stuck. You know, all signs I see look to rebuild. And the question is, should David Poyle be the guy running the rebuild? And, you know, and at this point, you know, and barring what he does leading up to the trade deadline this year, uh, my, my, I, it just seems like the time has come to make a change. Strong words, uh, but not uh, not completely. Uh, it's reasonable, Teresa. It is very reasonable, and uh, what a change that would be. You know, for franchise that um, you know had uh, uh, Barry Trotz for so many years, and we've seen a couple of changes since then. Uh, you knew ultimately there was going to be a different general manager, so it's got to happen at some point, right? Yes, and that's the thing. It's you know he's he's. I'm trying to remember. I looked up his birthday. You know, February 14th was his latest birthday. I, I can't remember if he's 71 or 72 at this point. And you know, God bless him. I'm glad that he's loving what he's doing. I won't be working that long myself. Uh, I'm just Speak saying. Speak for and, yourself. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm trying desperately to make sure I don't work that long. But but here's the thing. He's the guy who handed out the big deal to Matt Duchesne and. Yeah. And that's a guy that's been nothing. I mean, you know, luckily you can unload hopefully one of these bad contracts this summer in the expansion uh, draft and get, you know, please God, Seattle Kraken, take, I, I, you know, I know a lot of people say, you know, unload Johansson, but, you know, you can look at and see that there is, while he's not scoring, he's making a difference on the ice because the team is scoring more when he's on, when he's playing than when he's not. Uh, Matt Duchesne, Hello. Uh, you know, it's like if it weren't for the number and the contract tracker and his name on the sheet, uh, you know, for and, and in the stat sheet, I'm not seeing much production. It's just, you know, that's a guy who's not earning his paycheck. And, you know, I, I know that the, the reports are that Roman Yossi is untouchable and uh, Ryan Ellis. I add Philip Forsberg to that because that's the three pieces there that give you a chance to make this rebuilding, you know, retooling. Uh, a little less painful 
but uh, you know it, the time has come. I, you know people may not want to hear it, but you know if you can listen to the booing in the building, you know from the few fans that are there, it absolutely needs to be happening. Well, someone who always earns her paycheck, Teresa Walker, Associated Press. Miss Teresa, always a pleasure. We greatly appreciate your insight. Look forward to speaking with you soon. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, there you go. Miss Teresa Walker um, could talk about anything. It's good stuff. Good stuff, Mo. Uh, great to have her on board. And uh, we return uh, another guy that knows his subject, the chicken man. Terry Wilcox will join us, talk a little NASCAR. They head down to Miami. We'll do it when we return. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joints. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Maurice Patton and J.P. Plant with you on this Friday, nine-minute shot at the top of the hour. Final segment of the program. And glad to have you with us on this rainy Friday as we uh, get ready for a little NASCAR going round and round, as they say. Um, And uh, as always on Fridays, we bring in the man, our insider here at uh, Front Porch Sports, uh, the chicken man, Terry Wilcox, is with us. Uh, Terry, how you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you guys today? Uh, we're doing uh, pretty well, and uh, you know the the road course from uh, Daytona last week. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, uh, Chicka Man. It was uh, it was something special. Uh, your your takes on on having that as a as a mainstay uh, coming after the Daytona 500. Oh, I, I absolutely loved it. I I was never a road course fan for years, but well, I tell you, I've had a change of heart, and I love them. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, there's actually seven road courses that they'll be running on in the Cup and Xfinity and four in the uh, uh, Truck Series. So a lot of road courses. It, 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 it's a change of pace, if you will, from you know, the round and round, if you will, from Daytona. Now we're back at Homestead with a uh, you know, mile-and-a-half round track. So, But uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The thing is, you never know what you're going to get. Right up until the last lap, uh, you get drivers taken out. So uh, that's what fans want. They want to not have a boring race where – some guy's got a five-second lead over the field. So uh, NASCAR did a good thing, I think, in adding them all the road courses in this year. Hey, Chicken Man, I tell you what, I'm going to uh, see if I can get you on a better connection. Let me let me call you and bring you on that way. We'll uh, we'll get you hooked up uh, for that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Mo, did did you watch any of the road courses? I did not. You didn't did, watch any? No, I I did not. I don't remember what I was doing Sunday, but. Oh, I was getting ready to go watch um, Independence and Centennial right. Girls Basketball, I think. So, no, I missed the road course. Um, not the biggest NASCAR guy here. Um, <laughs> and so, 
you know, sometimes I tend not to think about it. I, I tried to pay some attention to Daytona, to the Daytona 500, and then they had the weather interruption and everything, and I, I never went back to it. But, no, I missed this past Sunday. Well, uh, I believe we got uh, the chicken man uh, back on. Terry, can you hear me? Yeah, there he is. I am here. Can there you we hear go. me now? We can, We, we can hear you now. Excellent. Excellent. Hey, by the way, big, big, uh, big shout out to Chris and his wife. Fantastic news. Uh, babies are wonderful. I know I got a grandson who I adore and they're going to, their life is changed forever. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have, um, we have tried to stress that to them. Oh yeah. But uh, I think it's one of those things, Terry, that you don't realize what everybody's saying to you until you actually experience it for yourself. That, that, that you're very, very right. And then, of course, once your grandfather, all bets are off. Uh, it's totally different, too. So, oh, but, uh, man, talking about the road courses, uh, uh, there's seven road courses this year. Uh, that's how many they put on the schedule, which is fantastic. I thought the race was great. Uh, the thing is, you never know who's going to win to the last lap, and that's what fans want. You don't want a boring race where some guy's got a four- or five-second lead. So kudos to NASCAR for listening to the fans because the fans are the ones that ask for road courses and short tracks. So uh, they did a good job, and there's going to be some more changes even next year. So we don't know what those are yet. Uh, hopefully they'll involve the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway because uh, they're still in talks to bring a race there as well as the super speedway. So road, road, road tracks, short tracks and, and dirt tracks, I guess. Um, JP dirt, mentioned dirt the, track. um, the, the event that, that scheduled up at Bristol on dirt. And yeah, I, the next stock car race I go to will be my first, but I would imagine that dirt <laughs> racing is a different element than anything you see anywhere. It is. Oh, it, it is. I, I love going out to like Duck River or Hohenwald or uh, those those case those tracks are great. They're local racing, and uh, your truck series more is really very similar to your local Saturday night dirt track, and uh, it's it's amazing. Uh, you know, don't no matter where you park your your vehicle, you're going to have to wash it the next day. That's all <laughs> I can say. <laughs> so, so no matter what you do, hey. yeah, dirt tracking. And they're in the, there in March. Uh, they've actually sold out all the general admission tickets already. Hey, Terry, um, we've got, uh, yes, if sir. you can give me about uh, 30 to 45 seconds of a preview of Miami uh, before we get into our getting silly with T. Willie to end the show. What do you got uh, heading down to Miami this week? Absolutely. The, uh, Xfinity and the, and the Cup Series are there Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we'll be broadcasting the, uh, the Cup race. Sunday, uh, I will have my pre-race uh, uh, Parkview GMC pre-race show at uh, 1 to one thirty, and uh, it's a mile and a half. A lot of good, good guys in the field, like Denny Hamlin has run real well, well there, but what we've seen this year is you never know. Two first-time winners in the first two races is put almost unheard of, so uh, Clayton and I talked about Christopher Bell being an up-and-comer, and he proved it, so uh, I like that young man. Uh, Watch out for Denny Hamlin this weekend. He wants to win bad. Uh, and Kevin Harvick has run well there in the past. So, But uh, it'll be uh, round and round, as they say. Mile and a half. Uh, enjoy it. There you go. All right. Uh, let's do it. Get silly with T. Willie on a Friday. Yeah. yeah it's a, 
you know, last night uh, I stayed up all night trying to figure out where the sun went, yeah. and then it dawned on me. <laughs> there you go. Well done. Getting silly with T. Willie. Get him out of here. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's a good one to leave on right there. Get him gone. Oh, hey, cut, boy. Cut his mic off, JP. Uh, hey, uh, Chicken Man, we appreciate it. Uh, we look forward to hearing your coverage uh, this weekend. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you next Friday, buddy. Always great show as always, you guys. All right, buddy. There you go. The Chicken Man, Terry Wilcox. Leaving us on—it's a good way to leave a fr- on a Friday, right? There in the in the week, Mo. <laughs> a little silliness. It dawned on him. It, it dawned on him. Yeah, <laughs> it's dawning on us that it's time to get out of here. For Mo, uh, I'm JP, and uh, we are uh, thrilled about the uh, addition to the Al family, Little Charlie. I uh, look forward to hearing uh, from them soon. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back at it Monday morning at 9 o'clock. Until then, check us out online, sm-tnsports.com. Check out our podcast anywhere you get your podcast. We'll talk to you later.